From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged email edition for the week of May 24th, 2011. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. And I am joined by our Orlando team in the studio, Kathy Whirling, Scott Smith, Julie Martin, and Kevin Close. Pete Werner, Walter Eccles, and Teresa Eccles are all on their way to Europe as we speak. They're going on a Mediterranean cruise, and they're going to spend a couple days beforehand in Barcelona, Spain, for an Adventures by Disney and on. Um, Corey is not with us. Corey and Julie did a baby swap, (laughs) kind of like a ride at Epcot. And Corey has the kids, and Julie's here with us for our email show. I'm tired of missing shows. Are you? Yeah. I told him, I'm like, it's not fair. I'm like, you get to go and I don't. I'm like, let's each do a show. So what happened? You had baby-sitting drama today? The no, babysitter. she just couldn't make it. I think that we may have gotten her sick. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough week. Um, this is our email show, as I discussed earlier, as I said earlier. Um, our other segments this week, we did a uh, discussion of Dave Parfit's Power of Ten breakfast at Disney Hollywood Studios during Star Wars weekends, and we all talked about our uh, experience on the new Star Tours, a new and improved ride. Kevin Close had a segment on his Disney highs and lows. Kathy Whirling talked about um, Pixar Weekend at Walt Disney World. The Disneyland team had their very own podcast. So there's a lot going on this week. We hope you listen to all of our segments. But right now, we are going to read some of your emails. If you have an email that you'd like to send us and like us to read on the show, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com. If you'd like to send us a voicemail, the number is 1-877-310-9662. Oh, you, or you can record it and attach it to an email. That seems to be the best way for us to get those. This week we're a little technically challenged, so we're just going to be reading our, your emails this time. Uh, so if you send in a voicemail, don't get discouraged. We'll try to do it next time. If we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you have a choice of Diz Unplugged Pin and Lanyard or a shirt or a coffee cup or what are other other things? I've extended it to the Cafe Press Store. store as long as it is you know less uh, equal to or less than the price of the t-shirt we would give you um i have no problem sending you which is nice a mouse pad a, right. you know people don't always want this shirt. right we have people who have wrote in and had emails or voicemails played and or read multiple times so can we just uh do a public service announcement julie's really good about getting to you if we read a voicemail if something happens that that slips through the cracks for whatever reason julie where should they reach you julie at wdwinfo.com perfect um it doesn't happen yeah, a lot. I'm not, right i'm not gonna send and i don't usually send out emails until a couple of weeks after they've been read because a lot of times people don't listen to the show right away and right. i actually ruin the surprise and I'm, i feel bad when i do that <laughs> Because so. we get those emails, those frantic emails. You read my email on the show and no one's contacted me yet. Calm down. We'll get to you all in due time. All right. Let's get started. Who has an email they'd like to read? I'll start. Uh, this is from Dominic Morrison in... I don't know where he's from. He took mine. Sorry. you got to be fast around here. 
I know Corey is the sushi expert on the team. Could you please recommend a good sushi restaurant? I have a car and I'm staying off-site, so traveling isn't an issue. Well, if you're staying on-site, we like the sushi bar at Kona. I'm sorry, yeah, the sushi bar at Kona in the Poly. We like the sushi available at the California Grill. It's pricey, but it's really good. You guys like... Um, Shari. What's the one at the Swan or Dolphin? Is it Kimono's? Oh, Kimono's. It is pretty good. That's on property. And it, I imagine Shari's off property. Where it's is in that? Thornton Park. It's located off of Central That's Downtown Orlando. way Orlando. off property. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Well. I stepped on where it was. Oh, Shari. Thornton Park. Uh, it's off of Central in downtown Orlando. All right. We like Sado. John and I like Sado. It's which become one of my new favorite places, Sado. We one. enjoy it there. It's expensive. Right, it it's is. It's very expensive sushi, but I think the quality is very high. We go to the one on Sand Lake Road at the corner of Sand Lake and Turkey Lake Road. It's quite easy to get to. Come out Hotel Plaza Boulevard, take a left, go to Palm Parkway, take a right, and keep going till you hit Sand Lake Road. There's a Whole Foods Plaza right there, and Sato is in there. They have a great happy hour from 5 to 7. Um if you have people in your party who don't eat sushi, they have little teriyaki chicken fingers. They have killer onion rings. Um, yeah, there's, their happy hour isn't just about ordering sushi. They have these other dishes that are $5. Three. $3. And they're, I don't know how much they are. And You just order them. I, he orders there's them like all. There's like six or seven, I, and we do. The only thing I don't get is I don't get the crawfish uh, quesadilla. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of crayfish, crayfish crawfish. Um but they have great sushi, and it's a nice, quiet atmosphere during the happy hour. It's a nice, quiet atmosphere all the time, but it's um, pretty terrific. It's right across the street from Delish, the bagel mm. place that we like so much. Mm. So you can get your bagels while you have your sushi. I was going to recommend it's way off property, um, but I, it's my brother's favorite. I've been there a couple times, and it's really good. It's Fuji Sushi. It's on Lee Road, which from That's Disney... Further than- I was just going to say, that's even further off yeah. property than Julie's. But, you know, he said he's got a car and doesn't mind traveling. Yeah. It's probably at least a half an hour drive on I-4. If you take I-4 east uh, to Lee Road um, and then hang a right, it's uh, it's a little down. It's next to Bubaloo's Bodacious Barbecue. But uh, it's that place is really, really good. Fuji Sushi. So, just another one. Also, the Funky Monkey. I don't know if anyone has eaten there. It's actually in Point Orlando, which is off of I-Drive. Uh, I'd say Beachline and I drive. Um, they also serve sushi. It's very good. But they also have other dishes too. Corey I've and I enjoy there. that. I want to point out we talked about the sushi bar Kona Cafe. It's very different sushi. So if you're looking for traditional, it's su- it's Polynesian sushi. Right. There's a Polynesian twist to it. There's also the uh, what's it called in Tokyo Dining mm. in the Japan Pavilion. Their sushi is very good. Mm-hmm. Again, very expensive. One of the nice things about the uh, sushi nice bar view. at Kona is you can order stuff to take out. Yep. They do takeout sushi, so if you want to bring sushi back to your room or out to the beach to watch Wishes. Very good. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Who else has an email? I do. Kathy. This is from Dave Moncado in South Carolina. Love the podcast. Maybe Kathy or Teresa could answer this question. My wife and I will be meeting our friends from England, Kat and Tom, the second week in September 2011. My question is about parking at the parks. This is the first time my wife and I will be staying off property. I know there was a fee for parking during the day at, say, Epcot, but we will be attending the Mickey's Not So Scary on the evening of the 13th, and I am wondering if there will be a second charge for parking at Magic Kingdom. 
I think we will be going to Animal Kingdom that day, and that raised this question. Do you pay once for all day to park at any of the parks or pay per park? Is the hard ticket party considered separate? Again, love your podcast. You pay for parking once. As long as you hold on to your receipt and you show it at the second park, you get in for free. So you just pay at the first park. Now, if you didn't pay for parking during that day, they will charge you to pay to park at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Correct. To ticketed events, your parking is not included, which is a ripoff. But yeah. I'm going to jump on top of that. I just learned something the other day. If you rent a scooter at one park, you take your receipt, you pay to rent the scooter, and then you pay a deposit. Your deposit is returned when you return the scooter. If you take that receipt to another park, you don't have to pay for another scooter. You do have to pay another deposit, which would be returned to you upon um, returning the scooter. But I was surprised. I didn't know that. I guess I never really thought about it. The same yeah. for strollers. Right. The same so, for strollers. strollers and wheelchairs also. That's so, cool. Makes it nice. Yeah, yeah, it does. So if you're jumping from park to park, now keep in mind that in, when it gets busy, sometimes scooters sell out. So you, it's not a guarantee that you'll get another scooter, but you don't have to pay a second time. We got a scooter for the, the morning of Dave's event. And, of course, Kevin gets the scooter that the battery dies. So here I am pushing him through Disney Hollywood Studios on a scooter. That was fun. I bet you guys mm. were sight. At least there weren't many people in the park. Yeah. By the time we got to the breakfast, John was doing this. <laughs> puffing. And, so, and then the guy stops me, where are you guys going? And I thought, I'm going to push No place this. fast. <laughs> I'm going to push this cart right over you if you don't get out of my way. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Who else has an email? I'll go. All right, Judy. Okay, this is from Josh. Um, don't know where he's from. Uh, his, oh. Did you get scared for a yeah, minute? I did not know there was someone else in the house. <laughs> Actually, Max just came back. Max had to go and run an errand, so he scared Julie by walking into the podcast room. Corey does the same thing to me all the time. He leaves the house, and then he comes back, and I don't hear him, and all of a sudden I like see someone walk through the house. I'm like, could you alert me at least? <laughs> like, I'm home? We do that. We always say, I'm home. Corey does not. John's very, very quiet, and apparently I become wrapped up in what I'm doing, and he'll walk into a room when I don't even know he's around and go, what do you want for life? And I yes. literally jump right out of my skin. And he tells me how touchy I am. And uh, you and I are cut from the same cloth. I just apparently am <laughs> not paying attention to what's going on around me. Okay, so this is from Josh. He's SC Fireman on the boards. I have a question about volunteering at Give Kids the World. In mid-June, I will be in Walt Disney World for a business trip, and I have free time available. I'd like to volunteer for a shift. But when I went on their website, I noticed that the volunteerism page is no longer available. Have they stopped this program, or is it listed somewhere else on the site? Thank you for all you do in the Disney community and beyond. Okay, Josh, um, I went and found all the information that you need about becoming a volunteer at Give Kids the World. It's um, www.gktw.org. There is a tab on the top. It says volunteer. Click on that. There's a volunteer application, or you could actually contact volunteer services via email, volunteer at givekidstheworld.org, or call 1-800-995-KIDS, K-I-D-S. There are four different types of volunteers. You have an individual volunteer, which I'm assuming would be uh, someone like yourself, that you could come and do a day or two on your own. They also have group volunteers, schools, um, you know, I guess church groups, a podcast team, <laughs> you know, I mean, anyone who's a group. And then village alumni, which would be people who have actually um, received a wish from Give Kids the World who come back and they volunteer. And then also current angels, 
So, um, and the first time that you go, they take you for a tour around the village so that you have an idea of why you're volunteering there. So that's all the information that you need. You should be able to go on and find it. Um, maybe you were looking for the wrong word. You, you were saying volunteerism, but it's actually just volunteer. So I hope you have a good time. It takes a special person to go and do that, give of their time and go and volunteer like that. So you know, it's, a great, it. it's a great place to go volunteer, and they just added a new star tower because one of the things that each kid gets when they go is a star, and they had it in this one room that I can guarantee you that when you walk in, you'll get tears in your eyes. It's really emotional to see each one of the kids that have been there, and they ran out of room, so they built this new star tower to put it in. So just... Bring some tissues, and I know, I know, guys are macho, but trust me, you'll be moved when you go volunteer. Give kids the world. It's a great organization. It sure is. Thank you, Julie. Who's next? I'll go. This is from Deanna in Janesville, Wisconsin. I'm considering a last-minute trip to Walt Disney World for Star Wars weekends. My sons are big Star Wars fans, but we are not a fan of big crowds. Oh boy. Well, mostly I am not a fan. Well, mostly I am not a fan of big crowds. Do you have any ideas of how we can enjoy the special activities while avoiding the worst of the crowds? Not interested in getting autographs, but we would like to see special shows and parade. Thank you so much for the tips and keep up the good work. Uh, now, I have never actually experienced Star Wars weekends, but from everything that I have heard, you're going to have to deal with the crowds. I don't think that there is... I, my instinct is to say maybe Friday would be a little less crowded just because it's a weekday so the locals still have things going on they may not be in the parks but otherwise i mean it's star wars weekends and there are going to be big crowds if you can try to avoid a day where uh, one of the quote-unquote more popular celebrities would be there yeah you know i mean if you don't want to you know the guy who plays chewbacca is apparently a big draw and of course mm-hmm. peter mayhew Right, and C-3PO is a big draw. But if you I can want to impress you all with my Star Wars knowledge. Your Star Wars <laughs> trivia is incredible. And, and look at the, the Times Guide because there's a parade, Star Wars parade that happens every day. If you're trying to come into the park while the parade's going on, you don't want to do that. A thing to keep in mind is if you want to get your picture taken with the character meet and greets, you could be standing in a line and they could switch the character on you because I've been there in years past and was trying to get pictures and the characters are only out for like a certain amount of time, and then the next ones they bring out are somebody different. So if you're in the line to meet um, Luke Skywalker or whoever, by the time you get up there, it could be R2-D2. So just be aware and pack your patience because some of those lines can get pretty long. This is a very, very popular event, Mm -hmm. and each year it seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger, so it's it's never going to be not crowded. And especially with Star Tours just opening. Yep. That's a huge draw for this event now. So I evacuated that park as soon as possible. And so did we. <laughs> I mean, you would have thought there was like a, a hurricane coming or something. We left we scorch out. marks on the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I do have to say, I heard uh, from some of the guys in Mulch, the day that it opened, the day they had the opening event and everything, um, they actually made the cast members, all working cast members at Hollywood Studios, park at Epcot mm-hmm. and get bussed over. They did. And 
attendance was nowhere near as high as they thought it was going to be. Oh, wow. And even one of the managers was like, yeah, we probably didn't need to do that whole parking thing. Yeah, because I went Ooh, over. I bet they were a little. <laughs> I was there, what, Friday and Saturday, and the way they were parking the parking lot, they were taking advantage of every spot that they could, mm-hmm. and it never did get to a closing well, situation. And they had the queue set up. You know, They had ropes all the way down New York Street and down San Francisco Street filling up the entire street and you know new york street is where mulch plays and they said the entire day they saw no one in the queue even to mm. new york street the queue what was the queue for for star, star tours. tours oh they had yeah it when i you know i was there for the opening ceremony i walked right on the ride and by the time i came out the queue wrapped all the way down around new york street but that was at 11 a.m and i think once that kind of cleared out it never filled back up so yeah, for I, whatever own, reason. I, as I said earlier, my only experience was the breakfast on Sunday. And I was shocked. We left, what did we leave the park? 10 o'clock? Yeah, 9.30. 10 o'clock. I was shocked at the number of people in the park, mm-hmm. in the line, yes. and coming in. Every queue, excuse me, every queue, waiting to every turnstile getting into the park was mm-hmm. out of line. Mm-hmm. It's always crazy during Star Wars weekends the, like that. What are they called? The people in white? Stormtroopers. Storm okay. <laughs> I was going to say Star Troopers, so I'm glad Close. that you did. Close. <laughs> That's one of the few characters I know. <laughs> the other thing, too, is that they I were knew pretty that cool. Joy. We were saying that they were one of the coolest parts. One of the things, too, about that park is it's, it is small. Mm-hmm. And the walkways are small, and the streets are small. It's not like Epcot. It doesn't absorb the crowds. So once you get in there, it feels worse than it is. The there's stores also, are small, too. Yeah, there's also not a lot of direct lines to something else. Like, everybody kind of has to take the same route. So if you're going from Star Tours to Rock and Roller Coaster, everybody going to Rock and Roller Coaster pretty much has to funnel down that same street. So mm-hmm. Not pretty much. Right. Everybody does have to funnel down <laughs> that same street. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Scott. I'm going to read one. Mine's from Frank Thomas, and he's right here in Orlando, Florida. And he writes, I was at the Magic Kingdom last week, and I was denied access to the monorail along with a lot of other people. It seems that the monorail services has been declining lately. Is Disney going to shut the monorail system down? All right. I doubt they're going to shut the monorail system down. I have never in my life been declined access to to the monorail, ever. Yes, you have. When we were there at a Dole Whip for Bob meet, and don't you remember that it was flooded and we weren't allowed? Yeah, but that's different. That's not like other people could get on, and we were told we couldn't get on. Well, I don't think he was like singled out. I mean, it wasn't like. Oh, I got know. the impression that he was denied access, and other people were allowed on. No, I didn't get that idea. No, I think the monorail service is declining. I don't think he was chosen. It's not like he had so an armband or it anything. It was not running for one reason or another. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah, monorail wasn't running. Well, was I mean, that could happen. A month or so ago when I went to go over, the, the monorail was down, but they had buses set up to take you right. over. And I thought that was sort of cool that I got to take a bus to Magic Kingdom instead of taking the monorail. She so, I mean, it, so easily impressed. She really is. <laughs> <laughs> really, I, I always think of it as like, you know, a different opportunity. And, and it does, the monorail does go down every now and then. But the way I look at it is, is now I'm sure they're erring on the side of safety, right, 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 right. of caution. So if it's down, there's probably a good reason that it's down. Or sometimes th- th- there's been instances when there's been an accident somewhere along 
the route that they don't want you to look down and see the accident. Mm-hmm. So they'll close the monorail down, and then it has nothing to do with the monorail. It's just they don't want you to see it. Makes sense. I mean, other than that one time, there's been times when the monorail stopped on the tracks because of traffic, yeah. but mm-hmm. I can't remember being... I, well, I can honestly say we, I've never been told we couldn't use the monorail. If that was what I, I guess I misunderstood his email. I apologize, Frank. I thought you meant you specifically were denied access. You were trying to get on because I read that he was a local. And I thought maybe that was a case that they were limiting it to resort guests. But We went to that Dole Whip for Meat at the... Dole Whip for Meat? The Dole Whip, <laughs> the Dole Whip Meat for Bob a couple of years ago. And we had one of those torrential rains. Oh, I remember that day. And the whole base, the whole area outside the monorail at the Magic Kingdom had like three feet of water, and you weren't allowed up onto the monorail. The water was coming off the monorail platform like a raging river. It, uh, really, if you had wow. had one of those um, uh, things from Blizzard Beach, you could have come down the ramp. <laughs> it was the, the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. And the, it literally was a lake at the bottom of the monorail. But you can't help that, and that's safety as well. So Yeah, and as far as them getting rid of it, I mean, when you really think about it like yeah it's probably not the most efficient thing but at the very least the contemporary was designed around it i mean like you get rid of the monorail suddenly you've got a hotel with a hole in it i think for for no reason i think for the for the uh that resort area i think it's very efficient yeah yeah i mean it's no i forget what the figures are but it's how many billions of people it's carried since 1971 Mm -hmm. and you think how many trips around that makes in a day I think mm-hmm. it runs pretty well. Yeah. It yeah. smells like Band-Aids, but it runs pretty well. <laughs> it does smell like Band-Aids. All right. Thank you, Frank, for your email. Who wants to go next? I have one. This uh, is from... I asked some question, asked people to submit questions on my Facebook page. So this is from Mandy Tanton Grimm. Do you think that there will be a lag in visits early next year? Everyone postponing their trips till Fantasyland is finished. And do you think Disney would put out any big incentives to encourage people to come before? Well, we saw um, release of some discounts this year. We saw uh, free dining. We also saw a second discount come out after free dining ended. So I don't know if it's a direct result of uh, Fantasyland expansion, but... I think most people don't know Fantasyland is being expanded. And I think they should be told. I would be highly upset if, you know, I come, say, every once every even five years, and I plan my trip and... You know, they didn't tell me when I was booking, say you book directly through Disney and they don't tell you, oh, by the way, you know, we're undergoing some major expansion right now. Things are closed down. Yeah. I'd be highly upset. But I don't think everybody is a dizzer. And right. I don't think everybody's as involved in the day-to-day machinations of uh, Disney. So I think a lot of people, that's going to take some people by surprise. I still think, because, you know, I've been over there doing construction updates and stuff, I still... You know, maybe if this is your once-in-a-lifetime trip, I would say postpone it. But I really still think there's plenty for you to do in the Magic Kingdom because you can't see it all and do it all in one trip anyway. And it does get a little congested back against the wall, and maybe it doesn't look as nice as it should. But I still think you could have a good time at Magic Kingdom. I would just skip Fantasyland. Yeah, if you're going to wait. Until it opens, then you're dealing with much higher crowd mm-hmm. crowd levels. Because people that, want to see it. Yeah, the yeah. capacity of the Magic Kingdom is going to increase. The maximum capacity. Yeah. I mean, you're also never going to be there at a time when something's not being refurbed or rehabbed. Right. This just happens to be a huge one. I was about to say, this is... This is a big <laughs> one. Yeah, I said all those people that worry about when, you know, the different phases of park closing. 
I think when they open Fantasyland, there's going to be a lot more people worrying about if they're going to be able to get in. Because I bet you it's going to be really busy. Don't you think? You think more times during the year it'll reach capacity and mm-hmm. they'll close? Wow. That's Especially that first year. Look what, look what Harry Potter did for Universal. Don't you think the new Fantasyland's going to put a bump in the attendance? Not that much. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I do. Do you I really? Because yeah. I have a feeling the Disney machine is going to be pumping this what's, out. What's the big draw over there that's going to draw that many more people in? A double f- Dumbo ride? Yes. The new, <laughs> well, the new, like they were explaining the um, Seven Dwarfs coaster, yeah. and it's kind of a new thing. They said the seats sort of sway inside yeah. the car. So it's kind of like a new mechanism, plus the aerial ride, you know, that's kind of a new thing. I don't know. It, 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 I think it will increase attendance but at the same time it's a lot of extra space yeah whereas harry think, potter was not extra think, i don't think there's that big thing like harry potter was i don't think that's maybe not as big as right. that. how many four-year-old it, girls do you know <laughs> i mean like i'm just thinking about all of the people that i know that have small children especially girls there's going to be a castle for every princess i mean that is just unreal i'm even excited Almost thirty-one years they old. They did away with that. Well, they did away with some of it, but what what they replaced it with was every bit as right, good. Right, exactly. It's exciting. That uh, now I think it's something for everybody. Instead of maybe just taking your little girls, now you can take your little girls and your little boys back there. Didn't they do away with the castle for every princess? Though I don't think the, so. No one's getting a, a castle now. Well, the, they still are, but like it's beast. It's beast yeah. castle. Well, yeah. I, I, well, I think at one time they were going to build a castle for right. each princess. For each princess. And I, yeah, and I, I think, think what they've the, done is they've combined it into one big castle. Yeah. Because they, they, there was a concern that there wouldn't be enough draw for little boys to come in. So they wanted to kind of... And that's where the mine train yeah. ride mm-hmm. came from. All right. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. I, don't, I can't imagine being that huge of an extra draw that it's like, you know, going to pull in that many more visitors. But who knows? I could be wrong. Who else has an email? We have another one. Uh, This is from Wallace Coppola in Brooklyn, New York. Fast dining question for you guys. I heard the Brown Derby has taken away the lunch menu this past month, and now just the one menu for lunch and dinner. Do you know if this is true? Well, Teresa tells me... Nothing. Teresa tells me that this is definitely true. There is now one... one, uh, Menu, menu for out, throughout the day. And I have a feeling it is the dinner menu. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Not good for them. I, even we didn't, if we went at lunch, we ordered off the dinner menu. Yeah, I mean, I don't see a big loss in losing the lunch menu. Right, I, I didn't can't think of anything specifically. Well, we may have lost some sandwiches. Yeah, yeah I can't and think that to me wasn't the draw. No. So, I don't, I don't see it as a big deal. I mean, it's like... Um, we went to uh, Chefs de France the other night, and they changed some different some dishes pretty significantly. That have made it almost like uh, they changed that hmm. dish you like where they don't put it over uh, the short ribs dish is over um, like a fettuccine now. Instead of it used to be over uh, potatoes, and I just I didn't think it was as good. No, not with pasta. That's a little weird. Hmm. And also with France, you can't get the. The ham and cheese sandwich at dinner, right? So you I don't think I don't think um, round derby was like that. So it's not a big deal. I agree. I think I don't see it as a huge deal unless either. it's pricing. Is it because now? Oh, pricing, I imagine the price went up. Prices on dinner pricing now. Right. You think? One way or another, they're going to get you. 
All right. Thanks, Kevin. Who is next? I'll go. All righty. This is from Cindy Harrison in Roanoke, Virginia. I was wondering what advice the team could give a mom that wants to do a mother-daughter trip. My daughter will be nine, and we have been to Disney many times, but normally with Daddy. We both want to go, but Daddy doesn't. What resort would you recommend? Would you recommend club level? We have stayed at all levels of hotels and are open to any suggestions. Okay, I'm going to go first because I've been thinking about it. Um, I, If it were me, I should say that first. I would do the Grand Floridian. And I would do like a spa, a mother-daughter spa package. Um, does not necessarily have to include a massage. She's nine. She probably won't enjoy it anyway. Um, you have access to the monorail to get to the Magic Kingdom or Epcot, which, in my opinion, are the two best parks anyway. <laughs> um, plenty of really good dining options, which I guess some of them could be a little much for a nine-year-old. So my second choice, I think, would be the Polynesian. I think the theming alone would be great for her. The pool is pretty nice there. Um, you have access to a beach at either one. You can watch the fireworks from either one. You also have access to the monorail. Um, anybody else have opinions? The poly club level, club level, in my opinion, is much better than the one at the Grand Floridian. I don't. I guess I look at it this way. I don't know that the resort is going to make a mother daughter weekend more special. Like I don't see the resort being the big thing that makes right. Well, this that's is so what fantastic. I was going to say. I see what you plan to do together and just the fact that you're spending time together to be the big draw. So, I guess I could see um, like a mother-daughter having fun even at a value resort where when you're there um, like in the afternoons and they're playing games because if you're getting one-on-one time with your mom, yeah. you're going to think pretty much anything's cool and then save that money that you would have saved by going to the Grand Floridian for some other cool things you can still do a spa appointment oh yeah you don't have to stay there to get a spa appointment i because she didn't ask for specific mother-daughter activities i would say stay wherever you want i mean stay at your favorite resort and just plan on doing what you would normally do ask her what her favorite where she would like to stay right that could make it even better for both of you if she's somewhere that you know she kind of has fantasized about yeah, but sometimes you don't like the answer that your kid gives you. <laughs> what do you think she's going to say? If you don't like the answer, don't <laughs> ask the question. Right, that's what I'm saying. Oh, we've already suggested the Grand Floridian. Much higher can we go, right? <laughs> but, I mean, anim- they all have something great to offer Animal Kingdom yep. Lodge. Mm-hmm. If she's into that animals. That actually might be pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Especially if she's into that kind of thing. Absolutely. Or if she's into camping and riding horses, go to Fort Wilderness. Stay in a tent. I think they should go to Motel. <laughs> I think they should go to Motel Six. A mother-daughter tent. <laughs> oh. All right. Thank if you. she puts you in a home later on, don't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, even like staying at a cabin in Fort Wilderness. If you're like into camping, or you know, like if they're Girl Scouts, right? They might find hanging out in Fort Wilderness is fun. That's what I said. It, you know, it could be. You have to just. I would think more about what she would like, and not maybe not what I would like. Very good. Thank you, Julie. Anybody else have an email? I have one. All right. This is from Michael Soskill. When was the last time you got really excited for something in the parks? Like, can't sleep, the minutes seem like hours excited. What was it? Wow. Silence. It's a head scratcher. (laughs) I I apologize, Michael. Living here takes that away, in my opinion. I I can go whenever I want. 
I don't have that. Is he talking just Disney, or is he talking other stuff? I, I'm pretty he excited. He said in the parks. So. Uh, I for, was excited that Julie Andrews was going to be in the same park I was a couple of years ago. For me, it, it, it's always soaring, just because when I get to, to Epcot, it's like, is the line going to be short enough that Do I don't have to wait? you sleep the night before because of that, though? No, but I get excited like when I get there. And like when Flower and Garden opens or the Food and Wine Festival, um, last year, like Katie and I were almost running into the park to see it because it's sort of like an old friend that you haven't seen for a while. I feel that way about Food and Wine. If we don't go the first day, I get a little down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't think. I was thinking maybe like our upcoming trip to Paris, I'll be excited and can't sleep. I think that's that should apply. Yeah. It's a Disney theme park. I think that's that's going to be our next thing, but I can't think of anything in Walt Disney World that... I was excited to see uh, Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers the day after the Super Bowl. That was pretty awesome to Thank watch the parade. Thank you for explaining. Really? <laughs> yes. Aaron Rodgers, okay. When they announced that Star Tours was doing soft previews last week, I like jumped up out of my chair last Sunday and... You know, I was practically running through Hollywood Studios so I could be one of the first people to say they rode Star Tours. So, yeah. I think when they have special events, I get excited about them, you know, things like that. But don't you think, I mean, like you said, we live here. And so, I don't know about you, I can't speak for you, but I know for me, one of the reasons I moved here is to be closer to Disney, to be able to go whenever I wanted to. Do what you want when you want to do it. Right. And I, I agree with you. That's one of the reasons I wanted to move here. But that kind of takes that I can't sleep the night before kind of thing. I haven't had that since pretty much since I've moved here and got an annual pass. Um, I'm now at the point where you walk in and the line is 10 minutes long, and I think, I'm not waiting 10 minutes. Yeah, Yeah. the last time I felt that way was May of 2000. I, I remember because I had not been since I was five years old, and Corey took me, and that was probably the last time I was like that kind of excited. That's ex- 11 years ago. I'm excited when new stuff happens. When new things Like open. Animal Kingdom opened and it was a tremendous, you know, big thing for us. Um, again, I don't know about... I'm fans. excited when restaurants get rehabbed or rides get rehabbed to see something, you know, to, to look at it anew. And, and I would even say, after having done the ABD trip, where we all did the spiel in Haunted Mansion. Now when I do the Haunted Mansion here, I think of that. So I, I'm more excited to ride Haunted Mansion here after doing it out in Disney. I get smacked on the arm every time we go in Haunted Mansion because I talk along with the thing. Shut up, you're ruining it for other people. Well, that was... Yeah, did John tell you that? Uh-huh. <laughs> I th- didn't know if the little worker did. Like the cast member <laughs> came over and said, Hush! <laughs> The little worker. I always the used, little worker. used to get told to like, Shh, don't spoil it for everybody. But when you were when we were on the ABD trip and everybody in the room did the whole spiel, you know, and like everybody screamed when the lights went out, it just added a whole other dimension to Haunted Mansion. I mean, if you take it outside of the theme parks, I was really excited when the new ships came online. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. we were going to get to go on the christening and the pre-christening cruises. I and- get excited every time I get in line at Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland. Yeah, people, that's not coming back. You people may not, but I, I do. <laughs> well, talking about the ships, I can remember the day that the, the ships came in, they were showing live coverage. And there was a bunch of us that were up at that hour of the morning because it was like six something in the morning. And there was a bunch of us on there typing back and forth going, are you crying? Like looking at the ship coming in, like 
do people that are in the Royal Caribbean and Carnival, do they cry <laughs> when their ship comes into port for the first time? Look, it's the Colossus of the, ski, of the Sea. Yeah. Whatever the new ship is. I love it. I don't think Disney so. Disney evokes a no. different emotion than it other sure brands. Does. It does. And will you be just as excited to see the fantasy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will. It's a new ship. There was an article. Kathy sent an article about the fantasy and all the different stuff they're going to do on the ship. When we went on our backstage magic, we saw that statue that's going to be made. Oh, really? And we also saw what's going to be on the back of the ship. Oh, cool. It's going to be aerial. Oh, neat. That is. Oh, that's really nice. Well, I said the first time when I went on the, the Dream, and you know how they announce your name, and I just started crying. And you know how the cast member comes mm-hmm. over to, and she goes, are you okay? And I'm like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure she thought I had lost my mind. But is it this was Teresa like, from the podcast? Yeah, really. <laughs> but, I mean, Kathy it, needed triage getting on the Dream. But it was like, wow. You know, it, it was like I was excited to go see the ship for the first time. Walking on the, entering the dream for the first time was breathtaking. That lobby is expansive; mm-hmm. it's just huge. I think the I think the takeaway from all this is that we get excited about the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like people who aren't here for a while get get excited because they get to go back and visit the same same things over and over again, or things from their childhood. But it has to be something new and different for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like Taylor. She, I mean, Soren and Splash Mountain. They bring her so much joy. Like she gets really excited about you know those two parks. I think whenever you do something often enough, or you have access to it as often as you like, it kind of takes that. Yeah. yeah. I, I I've told this story many times that when I was here, I was fine up until the middle day of my vacation, and then it kind of things kind of switched because it was half over, and now it was on the downside yep, of the vacation. I remember that. And I didn't have as many days left as I had still to go. And mm-hmm. before we got in the car, I was planning on how I was going to get back and when I was going to get back. And, you know, why don't we make a reservation today? Because if we left with a reservation for next year, it was kind of like... Yeah, not as harsh I'm, to leave. I'm, coming. Yeah. I'm coming back. Hey, that's how they get you with DVC. That's how they got us with DVC. Right. So, and that wasn't even available then. Yeah. But it's hard to maintain that. You know, I, I it's hard to leave the Magic Kingdom with that lump in your throat when you think I could drive home and come back if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, right. well, thanks for that, Kathy. That was an interesting email. Anybody else have an email they want to read? I have one. For those of you who don't, mine is from Jane J Stonefield in New Windsor, New York. This is actually something we get questioned a lot, so I kind of want to make sure we discuss this. At the end of every show, Pete warns us to stay out of the damn lakes. However, at Sammy Duval's Water Sports Center, you can go water skiing or wakeboarding or even rent a personal watercraft right in Bay Lake. What am I missing? Is Bay Lake different from the rest? Have they been able to prevent the amoebas that are problematic in the other lakes? Is this safe or not? Thanks for the help. Well, one of the reasons why Pete says stay out of the damn lakes is because there's a sign on every beach at Walt Disney World that says stay out of the lakes. No swimming allowed. One of the things that happens in Florida is there is a special amoeba that grows on the bottom of the lakes. And when you walk into it, you kick it up. It's especially prevalent in the shallow water right. because right. the shallow water is warmer and it needs the warmth to grow. It needs 80 grow. degrees mm-hmm. to right. do right. its thing. And this has been a problem here and children have gotten sick and adults have gotten sick. And, it's and been, died. And yeah, died. it's fatal. Pretty serious stuff. 
So we tell people, stay out of the damn lakes. Don't walk into the lake. Don't kick up the bottom of the lake. In addition to that, we know that there are creatures living in these lakes. We have film of snakes in Bay Lake. I'm sure there are alligators. We're sure there are alligators. They turn up in the Magic Kingdom. So there are issues involved in going in the lake. If you don't have to go in the lake, stay out of the lake. The other thing is, there's a great many water birds who use the lake. There are boats that use the lake, and it's a man-made lake, so it's not being refreshed from a spring or anything. Disney made this lake. The Disney company made Bay Lake and the Seven Seas Lagoon. And I'm sorry, not Bay Lake. The Seven Seas Lagoon. So it's one of those things that that water is not turning over. That water is not being filtered through any process. Right. There are water sports on these lakes. There for sure you can go and do these things. And I believe that they're safer than just going into the water on your own and swimming. First of all, you're not going through the bottom. You're not kicking up the silt. You're not kicking up the amoebas. You're also doing something that's active that tends to drive the animals away. Alligators and snakes are not going to come near you if you're being pulled behind a boat. That's less likely to happen. So these things are safe. I mean, what we want people to do is not go swimming in these lakes, not just for recreation, walk into a lake and go swimming. And people go like the triathlon. Well, they have to sign a waiver before they do the triathlon, and then Disney also has cast members out on the water so that if they should happen to see something, they're going to try to get to it before anybody comes up It's also it. recommended that you wear goggles and nose right. plugs. Yes. And that's actually where the amoebas enter. They enter through the soft tissue, the, mucus, membrane, the mucus membranes, and they call them brain-eating amoeba. Mm-hmm. So they get into your nasal passage and they kind of take over. Would I go water skiing or wakeboarding? I wouldn't do those things anyway. <laughs> so, no, I would not do that in any body of water, but I specifically wouldn't do it at Walt Disney World. The personal watercraft, I think, are fine. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get in the water. Even if, if your craft breaks down, yeah. you'll never have to swim back to shore. Right. I've so. never been a person who wants to go in any sort of body of water where I can't see what's in mm-hmm. it. Right. I'm not a fan of lakes and ponds. Rivers are okay because the water is constantly moving, but... You know, it's well, not a I risk that I want to take. Used to go in lakes up in Mass- or Pennsylvania and Massachusetts when I lived there, but it was totally different because there wasn't amoebas and there wasn't alligators and and maybe there was some snakes. But you usually and saw that them lake come. froze in the middle of right. winter. Right. The lakes down here don't have that recycling mm-hmm. process. They don't ever get cold enough to kill the bacteria in the lake. And plus, since Disney has so many pools at every resort that mm. you go to. Why would you want to go on an old, funky water lake? Exactly. So we get this question a lot. I think people question why Pete says that if other things are going on. We hope that answered your question. I also hope I helped to define why Pete says that because people ask that question a lot. So hopefully Pete took care of that. Never ask again. (laughs) We are done. (laughs) Finished with that topic. Who has an email they want to read? Okay, I have one um, from Stephen in Watertown, Massachusetts. So he's wanting to thank us for all the time and energy that we're putting towards Give Kids the World and the power of 10 Drive. I was introduced to this wonderful organization through your podcast, and I was touched by their mission statement as they look to create a vacation filled with yeses. I know you're always looking for feedback from your community to help encourage other members who have not yet offered their time or opened their hearts to Give Kids the World. It is because of your podcast that I have decided to head down to Florida this summer and volunteer for two days at the Give Kids the World Resort Complex. 
Um, six months ago, my wife passed away, uh, bound by both alcoholism and depression. I lost the love of my life and my codependent Disney addict to these horrible diseases. I watched her fall apart over the last seven years. She was a lover of travel and planning, food and drink, and a vibrant personality. Needless to say, I've been feeling very empty. I've lost my best friend, and of course, now life is unclear. I decided to take some time off this summer to relax and reflect. I'm feeling burned out. And listening to your podcast one day, I realized what I needed to do to give myself a jolt and lift at the same time. So I called Give Kids the World and spoke to their volunteer coordinator about working at the complex. I'm looking forward to spending some time there this summer. And I cannot wait to see in person the children and families at the resort. I'll be serving meals and scooping ice cream, and I will be thrilled to do so. Your podcast offers me a chance to escape when I don't want to focus on life here in Boston. I laugh along with your stories and enjoy hearing about all the members of the team. Um, Pete, I had contacted you years ago when my wife was finally ready to admit that she was an alcoholic and you helped us find AA meetings on property. I want to express my condolences to Kevin on the loss of his mother. I'm truly sorry, and I'm glad to hear you say that she is in a better place. Unfortunately, I will not be in the Boston area when the Cars meet is going on, but I love... But every week I hear you speak about Give Kids the World, asking your listeners to reach out and be creative. So I just wanted to offer some added encouragement. Feel free to do whatever you wish with this letter. (laughs) I hope to speak with you soon. I thought that was very inspiring that a man in the depths of grieving, you know, can wants to reach out and help others. So I wanted to share that with everyone. Yeah, it's just really an awe-inspiring place that, you know, it makes your, what you're dealing with, when you see these people dealing with life-threatening injuries and the families and everything it's just you know it's very moving and i said you know if he's already dealing with grief i recommend bringing tissues i know you're a guy but trust me you're going to need them when you see all the different things and they take you around and they show you i mean it is just you know first thing i did is i came home and hugged my kids you know it just when you go there it's just and you get such a warm feeling in your heart when you go down and you volunteer down there so he's going to have a fantastic time i hope so i'd like to thank him for his kind words also i'd like to hear about his experience there if he would write back to us after he's been there Mm -hmm. this summer that'd be great fantastic thank you julie any other emails i have one right this is from ann toledo dunnington hi kathy what behind the scenes tour would your crew recommend to someone as their first one to try we have never done any tours before and would like to try one when we go in September. Thanks. Backstage magic. See, I think they start with Keys to the Kingdom. Yeah, I was going to say that too. It's a little bit less uh, time involved. It's a little, I think it you know, shows you Magic Kingdom, which is what everybody wants to see. No, you don't agree? I disagree. <laughs> I think Keys to the Kingdom is great. However, it's... It's kind of focused. It's kind of focused on the Magic Kingdom. And it's not a whole lot shorter than the Backstage Magic. I thought the Backstage Magic tour was fascinating because it showed you different things. You went to the the tree farm. Mm-hmm. You go to costuming. You go see the behind-the-scenes at one of the attractions. I think that was, I thought it was very cool. I've never cool. done that. I've done Keys to the Kingdom, and it was, you're right, I mean, it was good, but it's all about the Magic Kingdom. When you said go to costuming, that sounds really cool. I was fascinated by costuming. <laughs> they have this table where they lay the pattern, or they lay the fabric out, and this piece of plastic comes out, and it causes a, a vacuum, and then each of the pieces is cut 
with laser it's technology. The computer knows what mm-hmm. what uh, costume it's cutting, and then you wow. tell it what size, and it automatically sucks the material in and then cuts it. I wish my great grandmother was alive to see that because mm. she used to cut out all her. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just I thought I think the backstage magic. It's expensive. It's well, expensive. And I would also say if that it depends on how long you're down here for. If this is like your first time i don't know that i'd say backstage magic it's also it's a full day yeah it's a full day so if you're not here for like a week you're taking a day away from your park touring but i mean it's a fantastic he's to the kingdom is not a whole lot shorter it's isn't it, it like is. half? I mean, it's half isn't it four yeah. hours versus yeah. i think we were there for six oh, i really? thought it was only like three or four hours but uh, maybe i'm wrong it just depends i mean it you know i like the steam train tour when I did that, if you're into that, I like the behind the seeds tour. Yeah, at the that's land, another great I think one. that's what was that fifteen dollars yeah, a person, yeah. and it's an hour and a half, like and it. it takes you backstage at the land. Pavilion. I love the Epcot Segway tour. It's not behind the scenes, but it's fun. And then if they're here like during the holidays, then there's like those Yuletide ones where they take it to see the different things, the Christmas decorations in the park. It all depends what time of year you're here. Mm-hmm. I would recommend any of them that interest you. I don't think I've ever been on one that wasn't good the one i was on one that wasn't good but now they got rid of it and that's when they did that you know marceline to magic kingdom that's gone oh it's gone now well no the one that was before that is gone oh and they replaced it with this one and then if you're into like something a little more adventurous that wild africa trek i got that's to the do one that. where they well Isn't told it people it, it was fantastic we had a great time man that's the, the the Marceline one is the one where Walt taught people how to hold the knife while they sliced bread. No, no, that's the, the one with how to hold the torch. torch. Oh, that's right. Don't burn your hand on the torch. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. See, it this was part, important. If this part will hurt, hold the torch down here. <laughs> I actually think that part came out of this show because we recorded this show and had technical yeah, it wasn't That was part of the best show ever that yeah. they made it on. Right. Yeah. Sorry, guys. The best show ever. It was the best show ever. All right, Kathy, thank you very much for your email. Thank you to everybody who wrote in and sent us an email. Thank you to you guys here for reading those and participating in the conversation. That'll do it for the email edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion. Uh, We have some other segments this week. We hope you listen to all of them. We talked about Dave Parfit's breakfast for Give Kids the World for Power of Ten at Disney Hollywood Studios during Star Wars Weekends. And the team talked about their impressions of the new and improved Star Tours ride. Kevin Close had a segment about Disney's highs and lows. Kathy Rowling talked to us about Pixar Weekend at Walt Disney World. And the Disneyland team had a whole podcast unto themselves with a whole bunch of different topics. So we hope you enjoyed the shows this week. We hope you listen to all of them. And we will see you again next week for another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Unplugged.